Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 5'6", 170 rocky solid pounds, running back, number 36, C.L. Whiteside. And this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. You are in the right place. I just went back and listened to a podcast from like a year ago around this time, and I, I did something similar to it, so I said, I need to bring it back, because I've been doing like the same thing over and over. Now, today is your boy's birthday, I guess depending on when you listen to it, October 17th. That's my birthday. And I just got to thinking. I got to thinking about birthdays and everything. And I started thinking, as Christians, should we say how long we've been alive from our conception? Or should we say like the normal birthday when we came out of our mother's womb? And I just got to thinking. I'm just like, man, how many people even know when they were conceived? Like, I can just imagine some people being like, Mom, Dad, when was I conceived? Boy, I, I, I couldn't even tell you. Me Back then, me and your mama, we did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We, we, was get, we had some fun. We had a lot of fun before you came. So like, man, I couldn't tell you the exact day, but I'm, maybe it was in this week or two. But boy, I'm telling you, we just, like, you'd be like, ew, I don't, I don't want to know that. You know, and some of our parents probably would give too much information and say, you know, this is how we did it. Well, obviously, you know how they did it, but they might tell you really like, yeah, that's you, you don't want to know that probably. You probably don't want to know that. But as Christians, this is our first first world problem question. As Christians, should we count from the time we were conceived or should we just go ahead and keep it consistent? I guess it's not a big deal at all, right? And then the second part of our first world problem question is this. When do you get to evaluate your life? When do you evaluate your life? Because we're going to do we're going to talk about that today for sure. Like for me, it's my birthday. But I know some people use New Year's. Some people do use birthdays. Some people use other holidays. Some people use like the education system, like before the school year or after the school year. Some people just don't use anything at all. But what do you think? What do you do? When do you evaluate your life? Maybe come up with a focus or something for it. I would love to hear from you. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments right now. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode is Prove the Power. Now, this is something I've been doing for like six, seven, maybe eight years. I pick a word for the year around my birthday. And that word for the year is there to give me guidance. I feel like it's something that God is speaking to me to have a, a, an area of concentration in. And the word that I picked this year, drum roll, please. I ain't going to tell you yet. But the word, a word I considered was egoless. And what I was thinking about with egoless is like everything that's good, everything that's great in my life, it came from God. So eliminate the ego, eliminate the ego. But then when I went on dictionary and looked up certain dictionary definitions, egoless really isn't even a, a word. It's, it's a word in some dictionaries, but not in like every dictionary. So I was like, I don't necessarily want to go with that. Then I thought about transformed. And then I just wasn't overall feeling that like I, I am definitely transformed. Thank the Lord for doing that. But I was like, that's not the word I want to go with. The word that I decided to go with is prevail. The word is prevail. And what I do is every single year, this was last year. Last year, I picked the word steward. Now, some of y'all can't see this, but I'm going to describe it to you. What I do is I put the word on there on boat. I put a definition under and then I put three Bible passages under it. And this year I picked prevail and I put this like in my office. I put this like in my bedroom and you are more than invited. You are more than welcome to do this with me. Definitely do this with me if you want. 
because I always enjoy doing it. And I got my brother who does it with me. I got some family members. My wife does it with me, some friends. Like, it's it's a good thing. Now, what I wanted to do and why this word came to me is because, like, I was like, man, I want to be great. I want to be victorious in some areas. So I don't know if y'all know this. I coach. I coach basketball. In the last three, four years, we didn't have a squad. I'm talking about a great team. But we have come up short and we have not been able to win the state championship. So prevail was me thinking about, all right, can we get over that force? Can we get over that hump and be a state champion? So that was one reason that I picked that word. Then I've been talking about writing a book and your boy been slacking. Like I have not found time. Actually, I hate that word. Like I didn't find time. Of course, you're not going to find time. Time is not going to pop and be like, ha ha, boo, found you. Like that's not how it works. You have to make time. And I started thinking like, all right, that's one of the forces that I got to make sure that I'm handling it and, and overcoming with the power of God, of course. Uh, another thing that I thought about was like, man, I want to take my marriage to another level because if you're not living to get better, you're dying to get worse. And I know there's a force that wants me to be lazy, that wants me to be unintentional, that wants me to be arrogant, that wants me to be worldly, that wants me to be like the opposite of Christ. So that's what I'm talking about with, with those forces. And just thinking about my, my role as a husband, my role as a leader, my role as a coach, my role as a brother, my role in anything that I do, I want to take it to the next level and not allow those forces, those forces that I mentioned to have anything bring me down in, in that way. And I'm going to share some Bible passages that I have. I'm going to share the three Bible passages that I selected to go under my poster. It's not done yet. I got to print it out and get it laminated and put it in some nice, uh, not a nice plaque, nice frame. I got to put it in a nice frame. But here are the passages that I chose. Well, actually, I want to share with you a passage that I almost chose was Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. And what I was thinking about with this one is um, when we talk about forces, when you are, are married and you have a family and you work in a, in a body, you got to think about the forces that, that you have with those. And, you know, something that I, I speak specifically to marriage, something that my father always told me, he said, is when your wife got a problem, you got a problem. And I'm not saying my wife has a problem or not, but it's just that we mentality in, in my marriage, in my in my school and in, in my coaching with my teams like that. We mentality that when someone else has a problem, you oftentimes have a problem when you are a leader or have that type of responsibility. And I started to go with Ecclesiastes four, verse 12, that says, though one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I still might change my mind because I like that passage. I love that passage with the three strands, like you, another person, and most importantly, God. Like God is the one who keeps it together, makes it happen. Like I still might choose it, but I don't know. But I talked about like wanting to win, wanting to defeat these forces. And when I'm talking about these forces, these opposing forces, I'm talking about my sinful nature. I'm talking about the world and the patterns of, of it. And I'm also talking about um, demons and the devil. And on this episode of prove the power prevail, the passage that I chose, the passage that I think at this moment that I'm going to put on the poster is Romans eight verse 31 and 37. And what it says is this, what then shall we say in response to these things? And I thought about we, we is talking about like, that could be my marriage, my team, my support systems, my, my family. It said, is if God is for us, who can be against us? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And the first thing is I like, do as Christians, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love, like nothing, absolutely 
nothing. And I just I, I was thinking about this and I want to attack this from a, a humble standpoint and an equalist standpoint is that I want to live my life for God. I want to live my life trusting that he will give me everything I need. That's what he does. That's what his resume says. You know, and what we got to realize is God doesn't withhold anything from us that we need to defeat these forces. And God, Jesus Christ, has already defeated these forces. So that's why I just wanted to have that mentality of, of prevail and get over these forces because Jesus has already done that. And then something else that I was just thinking about is like, man, I really want to be confident and I really want to be secure in the fact that I am more than a conqueror. And what does it say? I am more than a conqueror through him who loved us. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors because of Jesus. Like, ooh, that, that got to give you some confidence. All right. The second passage, the second passage that I think I'm going to choose is Psalm 23, verse 4, which says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no, fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, this is this reminds me right here. This reminds me that God is the reason that I prevail. God is the reason that you prevail. Like we just don't have to be scared. We, we don't have to be scared. And the big thing is just don't do stupid stuff and, and mess it up and get in the way. And what we got to realize is there will be oppositions. There will be oppositions in our lives. But Jesus victory that that comforts me, that comforts you like his shepherding ability and his resume that comforts us. Because Jesus, it says, you know, you got 99, he'll leave and go get that one. Like Jesus is going to get you. He's going to go and get get me. He, he has chosen us. And that's such a blessing when we think about these different forces that we have. And the enemy sometimes in our mind gets to play tricks on us and say, oh, maybe I'm out of God's grace. Maybe Jesus doesn't love me anymore. It's like, that's a lie. That That is an absolute lie. And when you know that you're loved and you know that you're complete and you know that you're whole through Christ, that gives you more strength to do what you need to do for the Lord. And it's also got me thinking about my leading me through through dark times, leading me through dark times and dark times. Um, we got to remember that we are equipped with the spirit of God. We are equipped with the spirit of God and being comforted through doing the, the, the right things and, and having his word and, and having his spirit. And there's only one person. It's only one person that can walk through that dark and bring us out safe and even better. There's only one person that can do that. And, and that's Jesus. That is Jesus. All right. The third and final passage that I think that I'm going to put on my poster is this comes from first Corinthians 15, verse 57 and 58. And it says this, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And at times I feel like we get scared or sometimes I can get scared to give my absolute all because it's like, man, well, what if I don't win or what if it doesn't go the way that I want it to go? You know, what is it? What if it doesn't go the way that I plan? And I just got to remember, like, I still have the greatest victory. I still have victory because of Jesus death on the cross and resurrection and his perfect life. I still have victory. I still have victory so I can stay grounded in the truth. I can still stay grounded and, and stand firm in a lot of these different things when the opposition is trying to get you going this path or going that path. Stay firm on the path that God wants. Stay firm and grounded in his truth. And something that I just want to point out in this passage, like 
I should be willing to give my all to my purpose because it says this at the end, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Like that means it's not pointless because we got to understand winners always find lessons rather they won earthly or lost earthly. Like winners are always going to find lessons in that and find ways to improve and get closer to God. And like, even if I don't see the results that I want on this earth, I have to remember, I have to remember that God lets us, he lets us Christians, he let us, he lets us have eternal results. And that's something I can cherish. And that's something I can have hope in and joy in every single day, every single day. And I'm going to close out with five different things that this is going to do for me or that I hope that it does for me. One, it inspires me by, by grace. It inspires me by grace to know, like, I had nothing to do with the victory, the, the eternal victory, nothing to do with the internal victory. I'm a winner because of Jesus. So there's no condemnation. There's no, um, yeah, there's no condemnation that awaits me. I'm complete through Christ. I have eternal glory. I have confidence in God's presence because God is always there for me. And he has proved this. Um, this the second thing is, you know, an earthly win is, is absolutely great. And we can get greedy as followers of Christ, but I got to want to win for God. Like I want to win for God to give him the glory. And I want to do it the godly way. So that's something that I'm thinking about with this word prevail, winning and winning for God and winning the, the godly way. And then the third thing, I think all of us got to remember, rather you want a word like this or you like, I don't, I can't stand that word. All of our forces are defeated. Our forces have been defeated. And you know what? We got the best player on our team and our family. And that is Jesus. We got Jesus on our team. And I started to say like Jesus is the goat. But then I started thinking about it in the Bible. It talks about the goat and the sheep. And I'm like, I don't want to call him a goat in that way. Like, so I'm just going to say we got the greatest shepherd on our team. The, the lamb who chose to be slain for us. His, his blood washed away all of our sins. We got him on our team. And, and that's Jesus. That is absolutely Jesus. The fourth thing is this. There are forces out there that want to distract us from, from our path, that want to distract us from the truth. And they want to lie to us about God's grace. They want to lie to us about God's grace and what Jesus did for me. But don't reject the truth. Jesus gives us the non-microwave truth. No, he don't give us the non-microwave. He gives us the, the absolute truth. He gives us the, the real truth. And no matter who is against us, this is the fifth and final point. No matter who is against us, what forces against us, God is more powerful. Our God, our Savior, our Messiah, he is more powerful than any force at all. Point blank. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Prove the Power. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.